Hey Matt. Hey Peter Soom. Um, you you got any updates or you just want to call it a show? Yeah. Um, <laughs> this was episode forty-seven. If you enjoyed listening, <laughs> show notes. Show notes can be found. I'm doing the show notes this time. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're always doing the show notes. I know. This time I'll actually make do them it. on time. I'm sorry, I didn't. Uh, I didn't get the part uh, where you just told someone in your family to not whistle on the podcast. Yeah, it could have been our new intro. That's gonna hit the cutting room floor. <laughs> yeah, man. So I honestly don't feel like I have a ton of updates this week. Um, I have some coronavirus-related stuff that's going on in my life right now. That's not literally being sick. Um, and it's <laughs> so it's kind of silly, but I don't want to talk about it on the show because I don't want to jinx it until it's kind of done, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Sure. Um, and then so I guess the part that I can talk about is WP Pusher sales has been really bad in April mm. and I'm feeling the COVID, man. I don't I didn't I kind of didn't expect that, but I think. I think what I'm experiencing is probably the kind of the second wave already, I think, because it's, you know, the first wave is like agencies seeing business disappear because mm-hmm. people don't invest in marketing or a new website or something like that, maybe. So obviously, if you're a consultant for some e-commerce site and they need you to scale things up for them and stuff, it's probably pretty good. But, you know, for most agencies like they'll probably see much less work these days and then you know they that's that's kind of like what happened to them in march and early april maybe and then you know the ones that got the wp pusher renewal email were like oh i guess we'll you know wait to see if we actually need that Mm. um so april which is normally my one of the best months of the year is now like really underperforming and there's only a couple of days left, but so far the revenue is like 40% less than it was in April 19. So I hope that it's like a short-term problem, but it obviously it makes me a little nervous because like in my whole like, you know, overall calculation, even though WP Pusher is not what we're betting on long-term, it's still kind of like an important part of my runway so the more money we get from wp pusher the longer we can work on branch without being profitable mm. so yeah what, what percentage of your, yeah. yeah what percentage of your subscriptions for wp wp pusher are <laughs> annual versus monthly all of them okay so that that's yeah. a clarification because i remember when you first told me about this you were like oh my revenue's down for april and i was like monthly revenue oh but, yeah right like i was trying to understand like why yeah, would people yeah. be are they canceling monthly subscriptions yeah. what you're saying is the it's a subscription renewal button. yeah it's, it's renewals and new signups for annual subscriptions so because you collect yeah. basically you collect all of your cash month over month in, in a sense because you don't have the monthly subscriptions it's like every yeah. month is a new large amount of dollars from a from just a cashless perspective i guess yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. the reason i do it is um i actually at one point i was like 
this is maybe four years ago, I was thinking about selling the business and I was talking to FE International. And because the business was so young, they said, you know, you don't have enough history because you do annual subscriptions. Um, so they encouraged me to start offering monthly subscriptions, which is kind of like weird advice if you're already getting, you know, all the money up front. Like, why would you change that? Mm. Um, but just it was just a way to get more history. So I actually tried it for a while. I think we had it for maybe almost a year, probably. But the problem was, so WP Shelter is a WordPress plugin, and they're usually like pretty low, like they're not super expensive. <laughs> and so when you change the price to become a monthly price, the price was super low. Um, and so it's just like the the low amount that I was charging and then like compared to kind of like the hassle of dealing with, you know, payments and failed payments and dunning all this stuff was just not worth it. So it changed it back to annual subscriptions. Okay. Um, and I actually think WP Pusher was one of the first WordPress plugins to do this. Um, right. Yeah, it was not something people did. I I didn't do it when I started the business. I did it probably like a month or two in someone I knew, um, Carlos from Quaderno, if you know him, he's in the kind of microconf uh, Europe ecosystem a bit. Okay. Um, and he, he was like, why don't you just charge a subscription? And I was like, because it's a WordPress plugin. He's like, you could still charge a subscription <laughs> even though it's a WordPress plugin. <laughs> like, well, I, I guess you're right. And mm. I, I did it. But um, yeah, we'll see. Um, hopefully this problem goes away soon. Um, but it's a little annoying. It's something I don't want to have to think about too much. Um, but yeah, kind of forced to think about it a bit now at least. Yeah, and then I did something else that was super stupid that I shared in the hashtag fail whale channel <laughs> in the my my uh, tiny seed Slack. Sorry, this is like yeah, I was I said like in Slack that I I think I won this channel because um, I realized <laughs> that after I did the the Stripe migration back in December on the WP Pusher landing page in the pricing grid, there is like mm-hmm. a deep link to the checkout page, obviously with the right where it picks the subscription you pick from the pricing table. Okay. And it used the plan names from Stripe. And because I got, I had a new Stripe account. So that meant that it now had new names. And for some reason, like, and I thought I was testing this um, pretty well when I, when I did the migration, because there's like a gazillion things you have to do when you change a Stripe account um, but the one thing apparently that I didn't test was to make sure that the links in the pricing grid was updated. Mm. So no matter if you pick the $100, $200, or $500 plan on the checkout page, you would end up with the $40 plan, which is not even you know um, advertised on the website. So you know it's it's making people aware that there's an even cheaper plan <laughs> that that they can get. Um, and I had been complaining to you that more people have been picking this plan out of, no- and it just felt like it was out of nowhere because usually people would pick the $100 plan as yeah. A, yeah. the most popular one. Uh, um, and then, 
yeah, I learned the other day why that was. And I just, I felt so stupid. I realized it while I was away from my computer. So I just, I spent an hour like on my walk, just thinking about like how terrible I was as a person. Like I messed this up so badly. And oh man, the the interesting part was um, when I actually looked at it, I've it was a very like I hadn't really. It felt like I had I just noticed a lot of personal plans being purchased, but in reality, it wasn't that many. Like it was a uh, maybe I want to say less than a third of all the sales, maybe less than twenty five percent even. Um were the personal ones. So, you know, most people got to the checkout page, realized that it had pre-selected the wrong plan and then picked the plan that they actually wanted. Oh, So in terms of money, like it was a pretty small amount that I probably, you know, missed out on. And, you know, even from the people who actually ended up buying the personal plan, like some of them probably would have upgraded anyways because they would need more um, than what that plan comes with. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just like mm. so stupid. <laughs> oh man, I I can only imagine discovering that when you're away from your computer as well, and just having this immediate urge yeah. to find this out. Is, but my well, my initial yeah. reaction was this must have happened in like you know the past few days because otherwise I would have noticed because it's so bad I would have noticed. Sure, but for some reason it wasn't as bad as I thought. It's still pretty bad, and it couldn't have been. It could have been even worse. <laughs> I, I'm confused why it, uh, not so gracefully degraded to the personal plan. Yeah. So the way. So this is the other part. Like I'm so embarrassed about the WP Pusher checkout page, um, and there's a reason why. Um, but the way the checkout page works is that there is a drop down that has the the, the different plans in it. And, you know, they're in just in order going from cheapest to most expensive. So I was using a variable in the URL to set the correct plan in the dropdown and mm-hmm. as like this selected value. And if, if you try to select something that you can't select, it just selects the first one in the list, which would be the cheapest plan. So like this would have been brilliant if I accidentally picked the $500 plan. <laughs> Um, so why did the personal plan survive the changeover the the reason it survived is because some like many times people need it um and many times i get or often i get like ngos or students or something like that that want and it's just been easier for me to say if you go to the checkout page you can pick it um Mm -hmm. it's just not advertised okay um, okay, but yeah, I'm now I'm thinking about just removing it. <laughs> okay, I see. So the plans were all there, but it yeah it uh, it defaulted to the wrong one. At one point, I just decided no matter what you why, picked, I see. Yeah, I just decided yeah. to remove it from the from the website mm-hmm. um, because I wanted to add a bigger plan, and I didn't want to have four plans advertised. Yeah. Um, so got it. So it really was a da- it really was a coding error and not a data missing. Yeah. Aaron, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man. And the reason why I'm so embarrassed <laughs> about the the checkout page is because also like th- I think 3 years ago um when Steve Shoger from, you know, Tailwind fame was uh kind of like the new cool kid on the block, 
and he started doing YouTube videos about redesigning stuff. The first YouTube video he did was redesigning the WP Pusher landing or checkout page. Um, and he made a really cool cool design um, and improved the checkout page a lot. Mm-hmm. And I just never implemented it. <laughs> <laughs> and I always felt so bad about it yeah. um, that he did this like really cool video and like, you know, and so many people saw it and got really excited about it. And like probably a lot of them also like went to the W Pusher checkout page <laughs> to see like how I implemented Ooh, yeah. it, but I never did. Right. <laughs> and I like it's just so bad like at one point I asked on Twitter if someone wanted to do it for me because I realized I wasn't going to do it mm-hmm. and I think like it was like 20 or 30 people wrote me that they like offered their help and I was going to pay for this but like five of them just sen- sent me like tailwind code <laughs> <laughs> oh. where they already did it yeah. um, but then I like that wasn't really the hard part like the hard part was like you know, integrating it with the code I already had for like coupon codes and mm-hmm. different states and stuff. So I just, I just never got around to it. And at one point I looked at the kind of like the conversion rate from when someone goes to the checkout page, how many people actually complete their, their order basically. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty much everyone. So it's like, why would I spend, you know, a day or two implementing this checkout page if it, the one I have is working. Um, <laughs> but like, I still felt pretty here, bad about it. Yeah. And I still yeah. felt pretty bad about it, but it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's just a thing that's kind of awkward between me and Steve. Yeah. <laughs> well, now it's, and now it's out in the open more. So. Yeah. Steve. I don't know why I'm saying it. Maybe I just feel better now that it's kind of like out there. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I heard well, this on a, this- another podcast. I, I think I just hung a lantern on it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I like that. Well, um, whatever this podcast needs to be for you, Peter, that's it's, yeah, awesome. It's, it's it's here for you. So yeah. So the only like real work that's been happening is basically the stuff Bjorn has been doing, <laughs> um, which is working on team access. I was actually uh-huh. pretty involved in that last week, and um, yeah, he's so he's kind of taking over now and wrapping everything up, and I think. I think we probably could release uh, Team Access this week. It's it's working pretty well in like a basic basic version, and um, the only kind of thing we we need to build is the migration script that's gonna basically give everyone a team and assign everything to that team. Yep, don't forget that. And and I <laughs> think maybe we will wait until next week with actually releasing it. Um, because I'm going to be away a lot this week for personal reasons. Okay. And I'll just kind of, I, I mean, it's just extra pressure to add on yourself if you have like a stressful week and then you have a big release that goes wrong. So I think we'll wait oh, yeah. until next week with that. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, but I was really pr- pleased with the way we kind of managed to work on this. It's the first feature we kind of worked on together. And, I think so the way we try to structure the code base in branch is very much like event based. So usually like if you hit a controller or like an API endpoint or something like that, usually only one thing happens as like the main action. Okay. And then it's kind of broadcasted to the rest of the system with an event. Mm-hmm. Um, so like as an example, 
I built the backend part of like inviting someone and kind of the only thing that happened was like a row was inserted into the database that said there's an invitation for this email and it has this like token and then it sends out an event that says um you know new member invited or something like that yeah and then so that's kind of like the contract between me and Bjorn as well that this is the event they'll say that someone was invited and then while I was working on that he was working on building the emails that will go out with the actual invite and he could just kind of like pretend that someone had invited someone so that this event would be broadcasted and then he could listen for that event and then you know write his own code for that Mm kind of like in that event listener as it's called and yeah it's just really nice when you're more people working kind of on the same thing that you can kind of split up responsibilities these ways. Mm -hmm. And uh, it worked pretty well for us. Um, Nice. So I think that's something to be said for like splitting up things and doing things, not doing everything in like one 300 line controller (laughs) method somewhere in your app. Yeah. That's generally bad, bad design i've been no i've been known to write a few of those uh in my history but i then spend time decomposing them into much smaller little functions so yeah yeah so yeah that's been good um i'm excited to release that um we are we have another little fun kind of hobby project this week as well um because there is a hosting company that I don't want to say the name yet. Uh, I think I can say it soon, but they have a developer tool that's pretty cool. And the developer tool kind of just released a like add-ons marketplace kind of thing. And this tool has a lot of users. So kind of like this uh, demand side is already pretty good for them. Um, But they don't have any add-ons besides their own. Um, so they need supply and I think it'd be cool for branch to kind of like, you know, be on the supply side and then hopefully benefit from all the demand that hopefully they can generate. And so that's something we're playing around with this week as well. That sounds good. Yeah. Being first. Yeah. I know that was, (laughs) yeah, that was a bit cryptic. Um, I think I can, I'm, I'm pretty sure I can talk about it very soon more openly. For WordPress insiders, maybe they can guess what tool which tool it is. <laughs> yeah, that that's uh, yeah, understandable, and that's cool that you can be first in there, and obviously gives them something to be excited about and promote. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the kind of idea, and I think it doesn't even have to be like extremely valuable or super clever what we do. Like, I think, like really for them, it's like getting more logos and more things into the marketplace is just yeah. a good starting point yeah i think it's a win-win really nice congrats yeah, so i guess that's my uh my update if you want to call it that <laughs> yeah it is amazing how much goes on in, in a period of a week sometimes yeah like you, we started this like uh oh, not much and then actually that's, that's <laughs> quite a lot for a, for a week i mean in a normal job Sometimes I think like the amount that we do as founders or entrepreneurs in a day or in a week for a normal job, there's just like in many companies, there's no comparison. <laughs> like the, yeah. the amount of stuff that we're expected to do and happens to us in a week 
is uh, yeah kind and of like the, the thing like the thing that i don't mention usually in my updates here is like i also did my self-assessment today for like uk taxes and like i did support for branch and i did support for wp pusher and like so i mean yeah we have oh, diff- a, f- a lot of different hats we wear <laughs> full time job yep cool. cool man yeah so what's going on been going on in summit world are you still uh are you still hacker man yeah <laughs> have i given up <laughs> <laughs> i have not given up um yeah hacker man that's pretty cool i i am feeling really good i got um i've been doing this thing on twitter which may be borderline annoying but each day at the end of no. the day i just post my progress for the day yeah that's not <laughs> so, annoying I, I think people enjoy that stuff okay yeah i didn't know i'm like this could get old um but <laughs> the, i've definitely noticed since doing that that um like i've been getting a different part of my followers engaged and also um, new followers that are different than the new followers i usually get like more technical obviously more engineers which is cool um but you know there's many yeah this is how you hire great engineers one day (laughs) well so i i I was saying that in the tiny seed slack not that long ago someone was mentioning you know looking for engineering talent and i said you know oh doesn't what does not hurt is openly talking about your stack and your practices and your beliefs from a technical standpoint and if you have strong beliefs on product and technology and you share them with the world people will sometimes at the back of their mind go, Oh, that's, I really, I really agree with that. Or I really like that. Or I wish I could work with that tech and yeah, good things, good just, things can happen. Just someone that cares, like as a developer, like the worst situation yeah. is like working for someone who doesn't care about you doing things the right way. <laughs> and yes. they kind of just want you to like hack things together. Yeah. I, I shared kind of channeled, some of the deeper reasons why I'm working on this uh, rebuild, as I call it, of the front end stack. And um, I uh, just sent out a tweet that said, you know, customers will never ask you to pay down technical debt, but eventually they'll prefer other products if you don't. Yeah. And I think there's a, (laughs) that, that hit a, that hit a nerve with a certain group of product managers and engineers that, really believe that yes of course you need to pay down technical debt but it's always so hard to get management to care about it as a priority because yeah. it's not you know it's rarely tied to visible progress i mean the kind that i'm doing right now is is tied to visible progress but it is also visibly a step back from where i am because you know <laughs> literally the new version has no features at first from a front-end perspective um yeah you're building stuff you already built (laughs) i'm building stuff i already built but you know what's so great about that is that i know which parts to build and i know which parts not to build yeah and it's the knowing which parts not to build that saves a lot of time and um so yeah what what have i been working on so last week i finished the hit the so i assume that you're logged in and I hit the initial page, which says connect your um, subscription metrics. And I built, I went from a blank, basically a blank slate to hitting that page. You know, it knows whether or not you've connected metrics. It does a query using GraphQL to get back um, a list of potential providers. It renders that to the screen. You can connect your metrics. It does the background processing. And then it even um, 
shows you like your charts build based on the data that it is receiving from the back end, like as the data is received. So it's like this progressive rendering of the underlying analytics. Um, nice. That sounds really cool. Yeah. A very satisfying experience over, Hey, come back in a day or check your email and we'll let you know when your account is ready. Like I, as much as possible, I want to have a very engaging <laughs> loading bar, if you will. Um, <laughs> Cause I think that's, it's just a fun opportunity to see how things are made and just to feel more engaged with the product. So, so that's, that was done. And um, I then realized that uh, actually <laughs> kind of funny story. Um, my kids like to occasionally just poke around on daddy's website <laughs> and <laughs> they were at, uh, they were at usummit.com and like it has a, a login option for Google. And because of their schooling, they actually have Google logins, <laughs> believe it or not, because <laughs> schools are very Google centric, at least here in the States in this part of Texas. So, so they like literally were able to use Google auth to sign up for summit. And they had done that previously. Um, and just for context, my kids are, you know, between like nine and 15 years old. So, um, so they had done this previously and then they came back and, you know, again, it's like random five minutes sitting at my computer one of them tried to one of them tried to sign up again using the sign up form but then using like their gmail address as their sign up address and oh, okay yeah and i don't know if i feel i've tried to recreate this and it's not easy but they basically encountered a, a bug where it like if they just signed in it would be fine but because they're trying to sign up again using like a social account but yeah. then you're trying to use like the django based account signup form yeah I think if you combine all those together you end up with a with like a four with some 400 class let's say error where uh i was um, worried what you're going to say i was worried that they actually were able to kind of like take someone's account or something like that no no so <laughs> that's the thing like no insecurity Right. It's good that they got but, an error. But they got yeah, no, it's 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 secure, but it's not the behavior that I want. Like I wanted to say no, it's not telling them what Oh, wrong. you already you already have an account. You should be signing in using the Google single you know sign in button instead, etc. And um so we have this this uh kind of I was gonna say joke, but it's a little bit it's it's true as well. I told them I would reward them anytime they found a bug on my site. Huh. <laughs> a little extra motivation. Uh, but what it basically did is this is the second time this has happened. And the first time I fixed the uh, formatting to make the error page a little bit better. But then, th then this weekend, one of them found another one related to auth. And I was like, I mean, I don't get complaints from users about auth, but apparently when you unleash middle schoolers <laughs> and on, on a site, you're it's, it's uh it happens. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm really, I'm, I'm tired of this and I don't like, I don't like the, um, potential for there to be a poor user experience for an existing user or somebody that's trying to sign up let alone you know a security issue which is like you said that's what you really worry about so i made the executive decision based on their uh, bug finding <laughs> that i would go to uh, auth zero for authentication oh cool and, yeah and so um auth zero.com and i say this i'm sure there's people who are listening who tried it maybe they don't even like it or whatever i looked at it it seemed 
seem good enough for my usage. And I love the idea of delegating, delegating authentication to somebody else because it is just one of those features that is a product in and of itself, I feel like. Like we're past yeah. the days of, you know, we're past the days of simple authentication, I think, on the web where eventually some enterprise company is going to want some kind of authentication scheme that I can't support easily or it's going to be a whole big project. And that's just not a thing I want to deal with later. I'd rather just deal with it now. So I was able to get it up and running really fast and customize it. And what's really amazing is uh, their pricing is fascinating. So they have a $0 version, which is the developer. Ver- uh, they have a $0 version where if you don't customize the domain and you have fewer than 7,000 users, which oh. is a lot of indie companies, right? <laughs> like a lot of bootstrappers yeah. and indie folks have fewer than 7,000 users. The only problem is they won't let you customize the domain. So you have this ugly domain, right? But like maybe like, Actually, for an indie company that you've never heard about or you worry about is, you know, having security issues, maybe you appreciate that it's an auth zero URL. <laughs> I think it does boost credibility um, to an extent. At least that's the hope because, um, yeah, I, I, n- I never have to really worry about, I mean, assuming I implement it correctly, I don't have to worry about this stuff anymore. I have a whole team of people <laughs> who are very good at these things focused on best uh, you know best of the best security and all that so yeah i think so i think it's a it's a boost you should still throw your kids at it i think oh i will oh i will it's kind of reminded me of the netflix's uh chaos monkeys chaos monkey well yeah exactly (laughs) so um so what ended up happening was i did want to customize the domain so it was 23 dollars. i can customize the domain and i can have up to i think still 5,000 or 10,000 users now for $23 a month. Um, okay. Just pretty darn cheap, in my opinion. And I can customize everything. So that's cool. And then I just wanted to say, like, the next pricing tier up, and this is some pricing genius, I think. Like, the next price up from $23 is $1,050. And like $50. Maybe it's one that per wow. month. that's a nice jump man but then you know what you're worth at that point right and and what i thought was i mean i'm looking at this pricing sheet i'm just like i gotta you know i'm doing the clap because i'm like these guys really understand how to segment their users like apparently they know that i'm only going to pay 23 dollars. but as soon as i need active directory and a whole bunch of other stuff they're like it's a grand a month and I like that's that's a great example of knowing your customer. So I'm glad I'm not in that bucket yet. <laughs> but um, but there is some comfort in knowing that if I ever do get you know somebody come along and say, hey, we'd love to integrate Summit's technology with our whatever application, I don't really have any worries from an authentication standpoint. Like it's going to be possible because um, that's what they do. So um, that's cool. So that felt good. And so now basically since I've tackled the trends part, which is the first part of the onboarding, I have tackled auth, which is obviously just before that. It naturally led to the marketing site. And yeah, so I grabbed some Tailwind UI marketing site components like somebody else recently did and (laughs) um, started using those. So it's going to be a, you know, new marketing site, new auth, uh, new auth, a new app in total and i'm you know i i'm feeling good like 
the progress I'm making, being able to knock out, I'd say knock out, there's still like five to 10% left in the trends part, but being able to make as much progress as I did last week, even though it was a blank slate, um, you know, now I have skills and functions that are reusable for other parts of the site. Like I'm feeling, I'm feeling pretty good about, you know, not having to reinvent pieces as I go forward. And yeah, I'm really, really stoked. Um, so your uh, marketing site is on Webflow, right? It's, I mean, it's a very crude implementation. What I basically did is I went to Webflow. I found a template for a marketing page that had, you know, a good look and feel to it. And I just, you know, I paid whatever I had to pay or whatever to get the template. And then I just, you know, I just put that into my Django app. So I'm not hosting it with Webflow. Uh, okay. Yep. Yep. It's it's literally like using Webflow as a WYSIWYG and, and just copying the HTML into my Django app and saying done. Um, And, you know, for a year, nobody, nobody cared. And to this day, nobody really cares, except I did have a mentor call with, um, with Ali Bloom, the mentor at tiny seat. And she had a really good cross-examination of my marketing site and just brought up a lot of great points about the language. And, you know, when you look at an H1 after 12 months and you've learned so much about your customer, there's always opportunities for improvement. So I'm going to, you know, new, new copy, new design. Um, and yeah, this is going to be part of that. So this is a, this is a big deal, but I, I feel like this is the right time to do it. And I'm, yeah, like I, I'm not <laughs> definitely not going back at this point. I'm, I'm doing bug fixes on the current version of the product, but all the enhancements and focus is on, is on the new one. And yeah, I'm very excited about what it's going to enable that's awesome man um there's something else that happened last week that i kind of want to (laughs) mention oh um with if it's cool with the i mean i think so i don't know what it is yet but (laughs) (laughs) it it is about you or related to you. it's a blank check okay cool (laughs) with um you know the pusher sales going down i was freaking out a bit and I started sending you, because um, you are an investor, <laughs> I started sending you Google Sheets where I had basically, you know, you know, you put in a few numbers and you kind of just, mm. you know, select mm. all the fields and just drag it down to like, you know. Oh, were, were you like doing finances F- in the spreadsheet? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was like DIY. Um, I was trolling mm. you basically that I, I found a free way, to, <laughs> free alternative to Summit. Um, yeah. Nice. Yeah, like nice it was one. very, it was very obvious to me that <laughs> it wasn't really adding much value. So I did. I, I was kind of like interested in trying to use Summit again, and it hadn't really worked for me that well since the Stripe migration. Like, not no metric provider has the right numbers for um, for branch right now because mm. it's mixed with WP Pusher's numbers. Um. The best one I found so far is Chart Mogul because it's I like the way their segments work. Uh, so it's very easy for me to make everything in Chart Mogul only be branch with like one change. Like you click one thing in the UI and like everything in the app is only for like this specific segment. Okay. Um, but I think for my Summit account, it's connected to ProfitWell. Um, but basically, 
you had added something fancy that where you could basically turn off certain parts of Summit, I guess. And then you were able to kind of like modify the query that you do to get my numbers out of profit well. So we actually did get the right number for branch, um, yeah. which was really exciting. So I created a new baseline and um, I, I really had fun with it actually. Um, and yeah, I just I just kind of want to mention it here as well. I tweeted about it, but um, I Appreciate think last that. time I set this up was in the early fall, somewhere like around September last year. Mm. And yeah, man, it's it's pretty cool. Like all how much the tool has changed since that, and how much it's been evolving. And um, yeah, there was just some. It was just comforting for me, I guess, to get the baseline in there and see that, okay, now like now we can play around with the numbers and kind of like put in some um, or change some of the variables and basically just you know play around with it or run a few different forecasts and hopefully soon like um, have some ideas for like good goals we can we can put in for the next quarter. But like it was just awesome cool. that we were able to to get the the account working again, even after all the the mess that's uh, merging Stripe accounts and stuff like that. Um, yeah. yeah, so that was really cool. Yeah, it, it thanks, um, and I'm I'm glad it, it was. It's an interesting example where you know I I am relying on the metrics providers to um, aggregate and clean uh, and verify the data uh, that's coming from the various sources, but. You know, to the extent that they don't enable certain filters, um, you know, Summit's actually a tool that can be helpful to filter the data. Um, yeah. Additionally, and Stripe Stripe is an example where filtering is really important. So the way that I did that, <laughs> you made the uh, you made the nice joke that uh, I was inserting a "if user is Peter, you know, do this thing." <laughs> um, yeah. But truth be told, I had already created a filter on any data source can have a filter. Um, essentially a match where you say match against the set of things and only bring in data yeah. that matches these set of things. So you were able to give me your plan ID for Stripe, basically saying, yeah, if it's this plan ID, use that data else don't. And I was able to <laughs> basically just paste that plan ID into, um, you know, into your account and, uh, yeah, voila, it filtered. So, um, cool use of a feature yeah. that, uh, was, was, is still hidden from view and actually a good example of the kind of features I want to make easier to expose with this new UI. But um, yeah, I'm glad it's glad it's working for you. And it's good to have you back as a uh, <laughs> engaged uh, MAU. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really is. And the the cool thing was, uh, so with the kind of like the relation between branch and WP Pusher is that WP Pusher is basically a bit of extra cash that we get every month. So I kind of like found a kind of a little bit hacky way in summit to basically justify our costs based on how much we get from WP pusher every month. And then by changing that, it it's pretty easy for me to see like the different forecasts for the baseline right now at like, where, where would we be in three months and six months? Mm. And um, yeah, it's just cool. It's cool, and then based on this, I can, I can kind of get get like a realistic 
idea about like how much needs to change <laughs> pretty soon yeah. about this business. <laughs> yeah. Well, and going back to the beginning, a, a rebound from from April uh, would be would be a great start. It definitely would. Yeah. It's it it's just um, it when you hear the actual numbers, it doesn't sound like a huge deal. But when you actually do the forecasting and you look at, okay, what would a, a 40% drop in WP Pusher revenue mean for branches run rate? It's it's pretty significant. It just, yeah. uh, it, it piles on month after month. Well, yeah. So we'll find out. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's a lot of uh, cliffhangers here. I think I, yeah. I left the cliffhanger last time about someone I was hoping would convert but uh so far uh he hasn't converted so well thank you for closing the loop on that chapter yes <laughs> yes yeah well this is a uh, podcast or serial things i feel like this is the resurrection of serial drama so yeah <laughs> cliffhanger at the end of each one is yeah. a uh, a dramatic device that is known to be successful so we'll we can leave this one there if you want <laughs> yeah um the only problem is i usually forget but yeah Awesome. Okay. This that's uh is this is this episode 47 you think? Sounds like it. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, it was good catching up and uh, I always Same. feel a bit lighter after we did the podcast for some reason, so that's good. Same, man. All right. Awesome. Talk Have to a you great later. week. See ya. Bye.